The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. In Lublin, in the yeshiva of Rameh Shapiro, there was a yeshiva of Shimon Lezhalachov. Shimon Lezhalachov was a goyen pella, an ish kodosh, remembered kol kula, mamish mila b'mila. He once told us, Talbin, that by the time he was 18 years old, he was able to say over Shas, word for word, Balpeh. At 16, he was able to say all of the Sifrei Maral, Balpeh, word for word. He said, I used to daven to the Rebbeinah that I should forget something. The Mariats, the previous Lababach Rebbe, said he believed that there hadn't been such a Balzikoran in Klal Yisrael for the past few hundred years. It, it, it boggles the mind. He remembers and he said, and he remembered when he was in the office once, Rameh Shapira, before they took Rab Shimala. So he remembers there was a man from Zhelikhov, a tall, dignified man. And Rameh Shapira asked him, Tell me about this Rab Shimala Zhelikhov. said he was there. And he said, He's the Godel Hador. So he means the Godel Hador. So I'll tell you what we all know in Zhelikhov, Rab Shimala was a very poor man. And one Shabbos, he didn't have anything to eat. And he created a chicken with Sefer Yitzir. So Rabbi said, This is what the man said. He said, I don't know. One thing I did see, I saw him saying, Sefer Yitzir, Mila B'Mila, without the Sefer. He was able to say it, Balpeh. Shimala was an Ishpela, Balmoifiz. A few weeks ago, I was in Barapak for Shabbos. I was at a Kiddush. And somebody comes out to me and says, Oh, there's an elder Yid, an elderly Yid sitting next to me. He says, You know, this fellow. <coughs> lived in Abshim al house in Kruka during the war. He was in, in Kruka. Then the Oilam came to him, he used to speak Shalashud. He said, this man slept by him. I said, wow, I want to hear. I mean, how many even are there who remembered Abshim who had day-to-day contact with him? And he said, I'll tell you, it's very interesting. He says, um, it says it was just before the war broke out. It says this Eid was an anicle of the Chanchina Rebbe. The Shimla was a Chanchina Chassid. So he had a certain Iskabash there. He was in a Belzi Yeshiva in Kruk. He came from Soslovitz. And everybody was talking, is there going to be a war? Is there not going to be a war? People want to know, what does Rav Shimla say? Is the war going to break out? So remember, they went to ask. I was a little young Bacha, but they asked Rav Shimla. He said, what are they talking about? There's going to be a war, and it will be the greatest Churban since the world was created. Anyway, when the war broke out, I went to ask him, should I go back to Sostovitz? Should I go back to my family? And he said, I have a bed here in the house, so sleep here. And that's where I stayed. He says, you remember the first Yom Kippur? So you weren't allowed to go out. The bombardment had just begun. And yet people came. Rav Shimla had in the attic a small little besmedrish. And a minion got together. A few hours before Kol Nidre, he was pacing back and forth. I went over to him, I asked him, I said, Rebbe, I haven't heard from my parents. I don't know what's going on. I'm hearing all sorts of stories. Are they alive? Are they not alive? He closed his eyes and he said, your father's still alive, your mother's still alive, but don't ask me any more questions. He said, I remember the davening. So he said, all the piyutim, all the long piyutim, the little letters, five, six pages, all without a machzah. Mm-hmm. said it all without a mazah. The Ahmed said, he saw, he said, if I wouldn't have seen it with my own eyes, I wouldn't have believed it. Remember, there was once a Shalosh Shudas, and it was packed. People were standing and they wanted to hear a word from Shemala, and it was illegal to gather together. And suddenly the Oilam started shush, giving that the Germans surrounded the building. And they were trying to get Shemala's attention. She was just saying, Torah. So he says, I was a bocha, a little bit of a mechutzev. 
So I went and I took off his streimel and I put it on the table so he should stop. So he, he turned, he looked at me and he said, well, what did I say? The Dachim, I didn't get him in. He says that they've surrounded the building. He said, He just said the passing from the Mice of Zdoim, that the people who were surrounding the house were stricken with blindness, and they all went away. So Eden Barbach, three weeks ago, told me the story, said he was there. Anyway, I want to get to the point I want to bring out, not just tell Sipurim, it's a Shabbos, I'm out of time to tell stories. So what happened to Reb Shimon on the end? So this going Pella, this Tzadik, this Ish Kodesh, he was snatched off the streets, he was put onto a wagon to be deported. And Askonim found out about it, it was either Blazer Lambda, we were very well connected, he was involved in saving the Belzeruvs, and he found out that Reb Shimon was on this wagon, and he knew the Gestapo agent, he went over to him and he gave him a gold watch, that there's a man here, Reb Shimon Lahorowitz, take him off. So they took him off. Shimon looks at him and he says, There were two types of wagons. There was one where they had a count of how many they had, and the one they just grabbed people off the streets. It meant that if there was a count, so if they take him off, someone else is going to have to fill his place. And the officer didn't want to answer. So he said, He was standing there. He didn't want to answer. He said, Look at me. Meaning, you're playing with fire. You better answer me honestly. Is this a counted wagon? He said, yes, it is. He turned around and he said, And he walked right back into the wagon. Greatness! Godless! We were designed to be great. It didn't have to be just a tzaddik, the go'en, and other, but you do have the Weichstein of his hakdoma. He brings the story, he was in Auschwitz. And a man, a simple Jew, came to him with a question. His son was just taken. It was a group of boys who would be taken to be gassed. And he knew the officer who was leading them. And he had some American money. And I can bribe him. But I'm afraid if I take out and save my son, another boy will go in his place. Leba, am I allowed to do this? I'll pee aloha. The Bible of Raja said, I can't answer you. It's a Shiloh of Nefoshes. I don't have Svarim here. How can I pask in such a Shiloh in a place that he says, Rebbe, I have nobody else. You have to pask in the Shiloh. I cannot pask in such a Shiloh. He says, Rebbe, if you don't tell me that I'm allowed to do it, that means I'm not allowed to do it. And he didn't answer. And the man let his son go to his death, even though he could have saved him. That's the stuff that we're made out of. We are not Nemolim. Nemolim is an unnatural condition for a Yid. We know what it means to give away. If we think about it, we can tap into ourselves and find reserves of greatness that perhaps Golos has taken away from us the ability to recognize that we have it. I was two Shabbos ago, as my brother-in-law was telling me about his shver. It was a tiny Yid. It was Nifter a few years ago. He was in a concentration camp. And they were marching, and they were terribly terrible. They were dying of hunger. There was a certain Rav, a famous Rav. He survived the war. He has children, Tamid HaChachamim, Enikla, a respected family in Klal Yisrael. He saw this Rav was collapsing. He could not continue. So the hunger was unbearable. So in this Yid, this Rav Shmiel, he had a raw egg. And it's all he had. And he took this raw egg and he put it into the pocket of this rov. And from that he ate that raw egg and so this laden and 
It brought him to and he survived the war. And everybody in his family knew whenever there was a family simchi, he would tell over the story how he was nearly dying and Elio Hanovi came and put an egg in my pocket. And everybody, his children, Enik Lechnu, the famous Moifish, that somehow he was near death and then this happened. Because years later he met the seed since they were together, they were reminiscing. He said, ah, I remember that march. I remember I put, I put an egg in your pocket. He said, Dibas del Yui Hanovi. What it means when you when you're on your last breath and you have to protect your life, but you know somebody else needs it more to be able to give that away. That's godless. That's more than godless. That's chayim. That means being alive. That means gu'ulo. That means greatness. And even in our own little way, in our own Magushim Dika world, we can rise above our selfishness, our own fears, our own need for self-preservation, our own sometimes cowardly behavior, our own always scurrying back into the hole and escaping, running away from any challenge. Somebody I know, was just here for a chasana from Europe, came for a mishpacha chasana, it was on Tuesday, they have to be back in Europe by Shabbos. He had two days. He has works in a very high-pressure business. Doesn't often take a vacation. And he was here with his wife, so he went to Florida for two days before going back to Europe. Oh, he has a two-day vacation. Doesn't often get to go on vacation. I was speaking to him, he says, Oh, you know, I met here. met a bocher, a cousin, a cousin of his who, Abba is not doing so well. Ali, the Shekinder, should always do well. And you know what I mean? His valging is a around Florida with friends here and there. Oh, yes, I met this bacha. So what did he do? He has two days vacation. He spent almost the entire first day with this bacha trying to find him a job. He went into the coil to try to find him a chavrusa. He spent time with him. He walked around showing him this business, that business. He could easily have said, yeah, I'm here on vacation. Oh, this, this is an achrai, this is a responsibility. Nice to see you and disappear. And he said, oh, do you know who I met in Florida? I have a story to tell. Instead of scurrying back into his hole, he decided to be great. He decided to face the challenge. There's something more important than what I need right now at this moment. And he tapped into the reserves of greatness that we all have. And again and again and again, we have, these, we have the potential to, to, to go beyond, beyond our selfishness. A fellow I know, a friend of mine was in a... Yeah, you know, then when the time of the volcano eruption and the flights were completely out of whack and he had to catch a flight and there was huge crowds waiting to get on and he wasn't the first in line but he had a first class ticket so he had Kadima, he had precedence and they called out his name and there was a couple of Goyim standing they watched him walking right past him and he says, oh no, you know what, he's wearing a yarmulke says an opportunity in Bekad Hashem Shemaim he says, I'm not going to go before them these people were here before me they nearly faint, they couldn't believe who does such a thing? Who does such a thing? Aid with a couple who wants me Shem Shemayim. And he says, I have a choice now. I can either be great. And the end he didn't even miss the flight because the flight was cancelled in any case. But this is our natural condition. Bonim Lamokoim. Greatness, Elikus, we have this in us. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.